What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Mid-State 48. Brought to you by 615 Preps. Chris Brooks alongside Tom Duggan and Scott Burton. Uh, we have hit the semifinals for Division One, and that can only mean one thing. Black Friday football. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Better well, Black first, Friday shopping, I will say. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Can, can I just point one thing out, though? All right, go ahead. I, I mean, yeah, we had our hoodie day. Now, look at all of us now. We all of us growing out for No Shade November. We look like a cover band for ZZ Top. Well, well this is on. as good as it gets beard, beard wise for me, well, by the way. <laughs> it's playoff season. As is tradition in the NHL, you grow your beard out. So I just carried over football season. This is good. It's going to go until the Blue Cross Bowl is over. So, yep. You get what you get with it. Yeah. That's right, man. I get a haircut three times a year. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, I wish I, I wish I could use a haircut three times a year. I'm thankful to have hair. Okay, you know, but the pattern in my family does not benefit me. So the older I get, the more scared I get that I'm going to lose it. So I keep it as long as I can. That's yeah, a good thing that. that you can't see my hands right now. Well, I don't want to see your hands, Scott. We're just going to leave it at that. It's a family <laughs> show. <laughs> we, it's all for the kids. We try to keep it G-rated around here. What are we talking about? <laughs> all right, let's get in before it gets off the rails too much. We are into the Division One semifinals, and that means we already know some of the teams who are going to be in Chattanooga next week. In fact, as Division Two had their semifinals last week, why don't we just get to look at these brackets and see how these things have shaped out? First off, Class A. And we get a rematch of that Week 11 Classic between DCA and Nashville Christian that ended up 7-3. to three. These two teams will hope to get a little more scoring done in Chattanooga on December 2nd as they look for a state title. Both these teams haven't been to the Blue Cross Bowl in a few years, but it uh, doesn't mean they're not hungry. No, it's, I, you know, we talked about this earlier in the year, guys, and you know, we, were, we were expecting this to be the matchup. And, and, you know, I'm glad that it didn't disappoint. Defensively, I mean, these two teams have been outstanding. They were again in the semifinals. National Christian holding Middle Tennessee Christian to seven points. DCA holding USJ to 14 and, and beating them by 28. I think it's one of the more surprising scores, too, that that was a 42-14 game from DCA. I think they were out to prove a point that, uh, yeah, USJ was a threat, but DCA is the favorite. Yeah. Yeah, uh, both teams, uh, you know, kind of sailed in. So uh, it's going to be a good matchup. I, I, I'm like you. I don't expect another seven to three matchup here. No, I think we're going to have a good Thursday in chat. And we've got the Blue Cross Bowl. And we'll get to that schedule in just a bit. But uh, let's flip it over to double A real quick and see that, again, another rematch. CPA Lipscomb Academy, like we all expected. And they're going to be in the championship game again. Uh, Lipscomb Academy, shout out Davidson Academy. CPA didn't have trouble with Lausanne either. So. Um, and this one's going to lead us off. It's a, it's going to be a fun Thursday with these rematches. And in hearing from Engel Martin today, they had the uh, the teleconferences with the with the Division Two coaches. That's a group that I think has a chip on its shoulder and kind of feels like the hunter instead of the hunted, and for good reason. The way Lipscomb Academy's beating everybody all year long, you know, they they kind of feel like the underdog coming into into Chattanooga. Well, and. 
guys as well. They should. I mean, let's go back to October 22nd and Lipscomb Academy just took CPA to the absolute woodshed 38 to nothing. And uh, Alex Broom just, uh, uh, you know, he might've made Mr. Football finalists just from that game alone as uh, he just, uh, you know, ran rampant over that. So I, I feel like CPA feels like they've really got something to prove here, guys. And uh, Lipscomb Academy's hungry for a title. I look for a good rematch here. Uh, CPA can't afford to get behind like they did in that first meeting, and I don't think they will this time. No, spoiler alert, uh, we do have the Mr. Football finalists in tonight, so we'll get to you in just a <laughs> second. <laughs> I just gave away one. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, CPA, you know, for the first time, you know, they are considered the underdogs. So the pressure is not on them. No, you no. know, the pressure is all on Lipscomb Academy now. Uh but you know that Trent Dilfer is going to have his team ready, that this has been the focus all along. Uh, I find it, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think they'll fold. I, th- I think that uh, it's going to be an incredibly hard-fought game. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, for sure. In AAA, the bracket shapes out like this with McCauley taking care of JP2 in the semifinals and NBA handling Christian Brothers. It's undefeated McCauley in 9-3 NBA who closes out on Thursday in Chattanooga, a rematch of the championship game from two years ago when Marcel Reed started as a freshman for the Big Red. Yeah, you know, NBA's playing, you know, I don't, I know McCauley is the favorite here, but NBA has been playing very, very well in the last few weeks. Uh, and their defense has really stepped up. So, you know, McCauley's got, uh, you know, they've got an outstanding quarterback, NBA, though, I think that their defense is improving. I look for another good game out of this one. Yeah, don't forget these two teams met back on September 3rd. I know it's been a long time ago. It seems like now, but uh, that game was a shootout then, 34-31. And will we see more of that? I I think both defenses have been playing better since that point. But uh, uh, I I tell you the truth, guys, I I, kind of was surprised McCauley handled uh, JP2 as soundly as they did in that semifinal game. Yeah. So uh, I still expect a pretty good ball game between these two. They, they've shown us once already, and they, like you mentioned, the rematch from a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was the game that put NBA in a 1-3 and three hole, and they've gone 8-0 since then. So the big red rolling in into Chattanooga for the championship game. Um, here's how that schedule looks out. It, the Blue Cross Bowl in Chattanooga at Finley Stadium Thursday, December 2nd, the AA championship game kicks us off at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 o'clock Central. Make a note of that time. It's an hour earlier than normal now that they've gone to Chattanooga. DCA Nashville Christian has the afternoon slot at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And the nightcap at 7 Eastern, 6 Central is McCauley against NBA to cap off day one of the Blue Cross Bowl championships in Chattanooga. Yeah, it's a fun schedule. I'm looking forward to Thursday. That's going to be a fun day of football. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's keep on going. Uh, let's start in 1A real quick with the way the, the brackets have come out. Uh, South Pittsburgh ended Gordonsville's run in the in the quarterfinals, 44-14. That game was 14-all for a while, and then South Pittsburgh exploded to a 30 to nothing run to end that game and put the Tigers out to end their stellar season in the quarterfinal round. They'll head to Cloudland for that semifinal. On the other side, it's Peabody traveling to McKenzie for that semifinal to see the other spot in Chattanooga. Over in 2A, Trousdale County shut out Watertown 23 to nothing. I was at that game at Watertown. 
and it was as dominant as that score represents because Watertown offensively couldn't get anything going. And Bryson Claiborne, 188 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. I caught up with Bryson after the game and chatted with him for just a moment. Big night for you guys. I know uh, week 11 was unfortunate with a loss to Watertown, but you guys came back here on a mission. What did tonight mean for this, for this program this year? I think it's a big win. I'm glad we're able to come out here and beat them and take care of business, business and get to the fourth round. Now, not just beat them, but a shutout, too. I mean, you, the defense obviously did a great job, but let's talk about that offense because, I mean, you had a big night on the ground. Uh, yeah, I think our O-line blocked good, and we executed our plays, and we did what we needed to do. Now, Trussell County back in the semifinals again. Now, it's been a few years since y'all have gotten to state, so what's needed now for you guys to get to Chattanooga and play for that goal ball? Uh, we just need to keep rolling off this big win and not overlook whoever we got to play in the fourth round. You go, you go without the sleeves tonight. You know, it's cold, but uh, how you feeling personally? Oh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. All right. You love playing this weather, don't you? Yes, I love it. All right. Congratulations, Bryson. Appreciate, Appreciate that. It. That's a group that is having a lot of fun and playing really good ball right now. And, and you could just see by the smile on Bryson Glaber's face. You know, they felt good about that one. Oh, they should have. They, I mean, they, they got, they got the payback and, you know, the curse is alive and well. <laughs> yep. Four in a row for Trousdale County over Watertown at Watertown in the quarterfinal round. It's something about that particular round. That's been a nightmare for Watertown, but, uh, Notice the difference between Bryson Claiborne, who wasn't wearing sleeves, and head coach Blake Satterfield, who's a little more bundled up. Well, it looks like this team may have a chip on his shoulder. They certainly play like it tonight. For sure. You know, I think you go back three weeks ago, and uh, Watertown, they got our number. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we played a bad ball game, and it was still 21-20 to 20 going into the fourth quarter. We still had a lead. And we kind of looked at that and said, look, if we just don't play bad, and we're the most physical team on the field, and you leave no doubt about that, you know, things will take care of itself. And I think tonight our kids, they've, they've, they've just gelled at the right time. You know, you go back to uh, three weeks ago against them, and then a lot of people had doubts about them. You know, I mean, they kind of uh, tossed them, you know, to the curb and everything. And I think they've responded. They've been real professional about it, and they didn't listen to the noise, and uh, they've done a heck of a job. I know the defense didn't need any help tonight, but when you get Watertown coming out on its first two drives, false start mm -hmm. at the beginning of a series. Yes, sir. That's just got to give a little more energy to them, doesn't it? For sure, for sure. I think that uh, anytime you can, uh, well, they start for the first and 15 sometimes, you know, right there, uh, anytime you can get them behind the sticks uh, as an offensive coordinator, that makes it very difficult. And uh, I was, I thought our defense tonight, since Mex, even Tyner, we've just come out, like you said, with a chip on our shoulder, and uh, we've played just really good football, and uh, we got to continue to do that. Last week, I told them against Meigs County, we go up there and I think we beat them you know, it was 16 to eight, but those seniors had only lost four ball games their whole career. And they had never lost on the, their field, their home field since 2017. And that was a really big win. That was probably my biggest win as a coach. And uh, I told him, enjoy it on the ride home, but don't let that be your biggest playoff win. And then tonight I told him, enjoy it. You know, go see your family, give them hugs, give them kisses and everything. But, uh, but let's come back in on Sunday and let's get our minds right. Practicing on Thanksgiving is becoming a tradition for you guys. Right. You know, it's always gotta be special yeah. to be able to do that and get to the fourth round at least. Yes, sir. I, I think that, uh, you know, as a head coach, I've never made it past you know, the quarterfinals. But, uh, you know, in 18, I was a defensive coordinator and went to the state championship game. So I've never coached. It's funny, my wife, I talked to her this week, and I said, I'm not going to know what to do with myself if we lose. We can't lose this week because I've never had this Thanksgiving week free, you know, not been busy. And we have a, a child on the way, and she was like, I could think of a lot of things to do for you right now. You know, and I said, well, let's not get there. So at least I bought myself another week right now um, of stuff around the house. But uh, but other than that, I – 
again, I'm proud of these kids. They, they haven't listened to the noise. And uh, I told them just, you know, be, be thankful. It's Thanksgiving weekend. You know, be thankful to be playing football at this time. Be thankful to be healthy. And uh, be thankful for a chance to compete for a state championship next week. due date close? I mean, we're looking at a situation yeah, yeah. where you might have to. Well, well it, it's, uh, her due date's January the 3rd. I coach softball, too. So yeah. we had to plan it between football and softball season. So uh, it, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, Blake Satterfield. I mean, a little bit more, a little bit more dressed up to to cover everything up. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, uh, yeah. Looking at these two teams, Hampton and Trousdale County, you know, you look at these teams and they they are carbon copies of each other. They're both run heavy teams. Uh, both have size up front. Uh, it, it's going to be a heavyweight bout. Uh, you know, this is a this is a Hampton team that shut down uh, Pigeon Forge running game. They shut down uh, Seth Birchfield at ha- uh, at uh, Cloudland uh, below his uh, average. I think this is going to be a slugfest. Don't, but it does bring up a mystery. Maybe you guys can answer it. How how in the heck did Harpeth hang thirty four or hang that many points? What was it? Twenty four points on Trousdale County. Guys, I just think this is a different Trousdale County is playing right now. You know, actually, I had somebody ask me over the weekend if I thought Trousdale County just, uh, you, you know, just did this to Watertown on purpose every year, losing the regular season <laughs> just to beat them in the playoffs. I think it's the case that Trousdale County knows when it's time to really hit that second gear, and they're hitting it right now, guys. Uh, 23 nothing. Yeah, I thought they would probably beat Watertown over the weekend, I didn't see that coming. That defense uh, played a stout football game. Chris, you saw it firsthand, I know. But uh, I just don't think this is the same Trousdale County we saw in the regular season. No, I agree. I, it's definitely a, a focused group right now. They've been in this situation before. It's a veteran group. I mean, going taking a long bus ride, it's nothing new for them. So I would expect them to go to Hampton fully focused and confident and believing they can win. And a very real chance we could see them – get to Chattanooga for the first time since 2018. Let's see. Let's move on to Class 3A real quick where we've got East Nashville knocking off White House 17-13, to 13, and the Eagles make their first semifinal game in school history. They'll host Dyersburg, an unbeaten 12-0 team, in that semifinal on the western half of the bracket. The other semifinal has Giles County going to Alcoa to get the other spot in Chattanooga. As East Nashville's defense has been really good the last six weeks, and Dyersburg comes in here, an undefeated, confident team. But, you know, do you think East Nashville has the horses to keep this run going and make some more history for themselves? Well, both these teams play excellent defense. Um, that that's a given. The question is going to be, uh, you know, can East Nashville get uh, can they get going, get out in front, and not turn the ball over? Because Dyer County is uh, really, really, uh, you know, opportunistic, um, and they're a big, big play offense. Um, I believe last week, uh, Dontavious Vaughn actually had three big runs uh, that that really put them up over over Covington. So, you know, East Nashville can win this game, but they're going to have to play clean ball. They're going to have to control the clock. Amarian Ford is going to have to be able to, to, to control the, you know, the tempo of the offense. And if they can do that, you know, at home, uh, East Nashville very, very well could win this game. It just, uh, but Dyersburg is going to be a tough out for them. Yeah. 
Guys, I'll tell you what I like about East Nashville is they're battle-tested. When you look at the four losses they've had, they've been against really good, bigger schools. I mean, they've they played an elite schedule this year, and, and that's what I like about them and the fact that they have been playing good defense here lately. I'm always big on defense, and, uh, you know, you, you look at records, a lot of people would automatically look and think Dyersburg's the much better team here. I, I think this is going to be a battle, and, and let's not sleep on Dyersburg, by the way. They didn't get to 12-0 by, by accident, and they've beaten – that Covington team twice this year, and that's a really solid Covington team that they've had to beat twice to get to this point. Yeah, and the second one went to overtime as well. That they had to take a little bit more to get to the semifinals. So, don't know if that'll make much of a difference, but just another note there. Yeah. And we'll be covering this game as well, right, Chris? Wife Scott, you will be there if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I'm right. that was on my. I think those were the orders you gave me today. Well, we'll not call them orders. So it was just like there's your assignment. Oh, kind of, kind of assignment gently. orders boy we're we're splitting hairs here aren't we I would try to be let, me, let, me, let me ask going up to that alcoa game uh, yep. and uh you know correct me if i'm wrong but this is going to be uh what there's uh this is going to be coach rankin's uh seventh gold ball on a row is that right I believe that's correct. Yeah, if that's they've not... won six. The, yeah, they've won six straight, guys. If you believe that, and I think it's seven of the last eight for Alcoa, nineteen in a row, and they've uh, get this. They have won the championship every year since two thousand, except for oh one, oh two, oh three. 11, 12, and 14. That's how dominant Alcoa has been in this millennium. They have owned their division of high school football. It's crazy. Yep. We are witnessing a literal dynasty with Gary Rankin's bunch at Alcoa. And just, yeah. That's just what it is right now. On to 4A. Uh, Pearl Cone season cut short by Tullahoma after a second loss at Tullahoma, 21-7. That sets up an unbeaten matchup with Tullahoma and Haywood in that semifinal, both teams 13-0. On the other half, Upperman knocked out Red Bank, 42-28. The 12-1Bs are going to Elizabethan, who knocked off Greenville. So, kind of a surprising semifinal in that particular half of the bracket, Tom. But you've been you've been talking about how well Upperman has played most of the year, and they, they pulled it out right back. You know, week after week, it seems like, uh, you know, Upperman has – people just keep counting them out, and I don't think a lot of folks thought they were going to go down to Chattanooga and beat Red Bank. I mean, the, just a couple of years ago, Red Bank ended Upperman's season in the quarterfinal round, but uh, there's something a little different about this Upperman team, it seems like to me, and it stems back to their coach, Adam Kane. He's just got a an edge and a grit to himself, and his team plays like that. They've been running the football exceptionally well. I think uh, one big key statistic last week, and uh, this was – by accident, not by by uh, purpose, according to Coach Kane. Time of possession, they owned the football almost 36 minutes to uh, just a little over 12 minutes for Red Bank, and uh, they've been able to run the football with a great deal of success. I, I believe it was 9.9 yards per carry or yards per play from offense last week. So uh, this upper team's playing really well, but Elizabeth and guys, let's not forget, two-time defending state champions, and uh, I believe they lost to Greenville by 30 earlier this season, and then they come back and win a, a really tough, gritty defensive battle in the quarterfinal round. I, I really like this football game coming up. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, should be. Yeah, I'll, I I think that it's going to be a, a, a test that Elizabethan hasn't really, uh, really seen. 
Um, I mean, I know that they they uh, avenged their loss to Greenville, but you know their quarterback Bryson Rollins you know, is over sixteen hundred yards passing or fifteen hundred yards rushing. Uh, he's going to be uh, hard, hard to stop. Uh, I think Upperman can do this, but Elizabeth to me right now is just playing. Uh, you know, they're back where the, they're they're back where you know they belong, and they you know they weren't used to going in there not as the number one seed. Yeah, so, you know, they may have a little bit of chip on their shoulder as well. Yep. The 5A bracket, Page is our last team standing locally after knocking off Green Hill 31-14. Excuse me. Henry County 23-0 over Springfield. <clears throat> Sets up Henry County and Page in the semifinal. <clears throat> well, that, that Page team, you know, that was a surprising result there, the Green Hill. Uh, page game. I, I was at the, I was at that game, and it really, you know, it, it looked like it, it. The score is a lot uh, greater than uh, what it what it really was. Greenhill was in that game until until late in the game. But that being said, uh, Jake McNamara had a tremendous game. Um, he just managed. They didn't ask him to win it. But they asked him to go out there. They just drove the ball, kept the ball, uh, did a good job of keeping Green Hill's offense off field. Their defense, though, I want to talk about Page's defense because you know, for you, uh, you know, all last year we're saying, boy, if this team ever really gets it going on defense, they may be hard to stop. They were, and they they are their defense is peaking at the right time. Uh, and then you you speaking of defense, you look at what Henry County did to Springfield. So uh, this is going to be a really, really good game, I think. It's going to be, pay, you know, can Henry County stop Page? Uh, you know, can, you know, but <laughs> Henry County's like, uh, they've scored like 56 points in the last three games. I mean, that's what they averaged. Um, you know, yeah, they've got two good backs. They've got a great quarterback in Dameron uh, themselves. So this could be a shootout. Or it could be, I mean, there's no telling where this game's going to go. The other semifinal, though, by the way, Powell at Knoxville West could be really good with uh, with those two teams going nose to nose, just about four miles apart. Oh, yeah, especially when you have the, uh, you know, one of the top prospects in the state in uh, Walter Nolan III. Um, You know, that's, you know, that him going up against the running attack of West is is going to be you know that's going to be well worth the price of admission. Yeah. Take a look at six A real quick before we close out this segment. Three of the four teams are thirteen and zero. That's just how good these six A teams have been this year. Oakland headed to Maryville. We'll talk about that in the next segment as well as Summit at Hendersonville. Uh, guys, the semifinal round could be a lot of fun to watch, especially at Oakland Maryville game. Quick thoughts on that one before we head out. Well, guys, you know, Oakland and Maryville seems like they play every year at this point. We're just kind of gotten used to it now. And uh, I believe the home team has won this thing six years in a row. Is it going to be seven? Maryville would like to to think so. But uh, I think Oakland's got a lot to say about that. Uh, they've looked as good as any team that we've seen all throughout the season. And uh, one thing I want to go back and revisit, I, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, would people have the perception that Maryville-Oakland would be the faux championship game, if you will, in the semifinal round. 
I don't believe that at all. Summit has been a great football team throughout the course of the season. And Hendersonville is playing well, too. If Hendersonville can beat Summit, they've certainly earned a trip to the Blue Cross Bowl. I, I think whoever comes out of Summit Hendersonville uh, and whoever comes out of Maryville, Oakland, I think we're going to have a good, solid 6A championship game. These are four really good ball clubs. Yep. Yeah, I think these uh, these teams are meeting in the semis for the eighth consecutive year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, and the home team hasn't lost a playoff game uh, uh, between these guys. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Maryville hasn't lost a playoff game since 1999 at home. I believe that. I believe that's the fact. So Maryville's got a lot of you know a lot up against them, but I think uh, or a lot in their favor. And you know their their quarterback Carson Jones is really really good. But I think that Oakland's defensive line, I think Oakland's defensive line and their and their defensive backfield are good enough to get pressure on the Maryville quarterback force them into some mistakes. I won't be surprised to see a pick six by Oakland. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a, a special teams uh, a touchdown win this or or put somebody out in front. Oakland does both of those things well. Um, so I think Oakland really just hits in all phases. That's why I think that they've got a little bit of a leg up in this one. Now you look at Summit. I'm with you, Tom. I think that Summit is good enough to play with either of those teams on the other side of the bracket if they don't drop the ball against Hendersonville because Hendersonville is not a, is a, not a team you can look past. They have too much team speed. Their quarterback plays well. Uh, Coach Beasley is going to have his team ready. Um, I think that, uh, you know, this is a very worthy spotlight game for us, Chris. Um, and I think that uh, it's going to be uh, a very, very exciting game. Yeah, let's go back to Oakland Maryville for just a second. In that series, the home team has won every game but one, and that was Maryville over Oakland back, I think, in 2014 before Kevin Creasy came on. So Oakland has never won at Maryville. That's something else that's historically working against them, but that's one thing that they can certainly overcome. Um, we're back in just a moment with the Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, so stay with us. Back here on the Mid-State 48, the Tennessee Titans Mr. Football Awards finalists were announced Tuesday evening, and we have got that list for you right here. Let's start in Class 1A. Khalid Ganaway from Peabody, DeAndre Kelly from South Pittsburgh, and Marquez Taylor from McKenzie are those finalists in 1A. The 2A finalists, Cameron Huckabee from Meigs County, Cameron Miller from Memphis Academy of Health Sciences, and Ty Simpson from Martin Westview are the 2A finalists. 3A finalists are Alcoa's Caden Buckles, Waverly's Jacob Dooley, and Loudon's Keaton Herrig. In 4A, it's Barryon Brown from Pearl Cone, Mason Gudger from Greenville, and Caden Pope from Hardin County. In 5A, it's Deshaun Bishop from Carnes, Jamarius Brooks from Memphis Central, and Walter Nolan III from Powell. 6A finalists are Jordan James from Oakland, Destin Wade from Summit, and Keaton Wade from Summit. Division II Class A, it's DCA's Bradford Gaines, USJ's Steele Haynes, and Josh Strickland from Nashville Christian as those three finalists. Division II AA has Alex Broome from Lipscomb Academy, CPA's Langston Patterson, and Lipscomb Academy's Luther Richardson as the three finalists. While AAA has Christian Brothers Dallin Hayden, JP2's Kenny Minchie, and McCauley's William Riddle. And the three finalists from Kicker of the Year across all classifications were Stewart's Creek's Upton Bellenfont, Tullahoma's Justice Chadwick, and Brentwood Academy's George Laster. 
guys, we look at these lists. Uh, did anybody surprise you that was on this list that maybe you didn't think would be, or maybe you thought somebody that should have been on here? Well, one name jumps out at me that I thought might make this list that uh, did not, and it's no slight to anybody that made the list, but that was Rain and Blackburn uh, from White House. I thought that uh, you know he has just consistently put up uh, incredible numbers, and um, and he's a play, he's a player that plays both ways. Um, to me, he epitomized everything that there was uh, in Mr. Football. Now. Uh, you know, not seeing everybody play and not seeing everybody's stats. I'm not, you know, I wouldn't begin to second guess uh, the people who voted, but it's just a player that, uh, that I thought based on the numbers that I saw would have been on that list. Yeah. I, I think maybe a Jack McNamara, but then when you look at the five, a guys, it's such a crowded field there and uh, some worthy candidates there, but uh, a young man like that, that's had such a great season and, and not uh, get the opportunity to be a finalist. But again, such a crowded field. You run into that from time to time. And I think we all wondered, would Barry on Brown be a Mr. Football finalist for Pearl Cone? Just, um, he missed the first game of the season, of course, and uh, uh, had a couple of games out due to injury as well. But we all know the impact that he makes when he is on the field. And I think that's uh, what earned him as much as anything, uh, a finalist nomination for Mr. Football. Yeah, for sure. And uh, right. those finalists that they will be at the awards luncheon on December 7th in Nissan Stadium, it's where the finalist and the winner will be named in each of those classifications. A, lot, a big mid-state flavor to those this year as well with you know, several of the classes having at least two finalists. And in 6A and Division II uh, AA, all three finalists are from the Mid-State area. So Yeah. One uh, one that I was really glad to see was I was glad to see that both of the Wade uh, the Wade boys made it, uh, that they didn't split hairs with that. Um, I thought both of them were deserving uh, based upon the, you know, the roles that they play on their particular team. So I thought that, you know, the, the fact that they both made it was not a, was not a cop out. Yeah. It was because uh, it would have been real easy to put one of them on there and then put somebody else. I think that that showed some, some, uh, some real integrity on uh, the people that made that list. Yeah. Yeah. Good point there. Uh, like I said, Mr. Ball words on December 7th, we'll have the winners there. We'll be there to cover that and talk to the winners as well. Of those awards. Uh, let's move, switch gears and move into the semifinals. I just want a couple of questions real quick. Um, first off, which game are you looking forward to the most? Uh, game I'm looking forward to the most is that uh, is uh, Oakland Maryville. I mean, to me, uh, that they're very evenly matched. Um, I think that that, that game has storylines on storylines. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if a team like Oakland, uh, who's, you know, been at the top of their game all year, can go to Maryville. And, you know, with with all these things against them, you know, every voodoo <laughs> doll, every every record, you know, every, you know, trend against them, can they go up and break so many of those uh, of those things and, and come out with the victory? 
Guys, I think for me, it's Henry County at Page. And just because Henry County's been an amazing story this year, uh, we've talked all year long about, you know, they got off to the rough start, but that uh, game against Springfield in the regular season seemed to be the turning point for them. And uh, even though they lost that game, Last week, they got their revenge uh, and a shutout victory over Springfield to move on to play Page. And uh, uh, most people would count out a five-loss team. But I tell you, Henry County's playing some really good football. And, uh, you know, Page, can that offense, so what can they do against that Henry County defense? How will Page's defense fare against Henry County's offense? Uh, to me, this is a very intriguing matchup, both on paper, and I think it will be once it gets on the field as well. I want to see the Dyersburg East Nashville game just because of the way East Nashville's played defense all throughout the second half of the season and the postseason. Uh, they scheduled tough teams in 5A, 6A, Division II for this reason. They wanted to be able to play in November and play in these big games, and they're reaping the, the rewards for that right now. So it's a young, it's an energetic group. Can they kind of calm those nerves early on? settle down and play their game knowing what's ahead of them and what they can potentially accomplish for Metro Nashville. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, I've got a question for you guys just off the top of my head. Uh, we, we talked, uh, Chris, I think you covered this earlier in the week in uh, one of your articles, but the travel schedule, Trousdale County having to drive, uh, take a bus all the way on the other side of Johnson, Johnson city, Dyersburg having to drive all the way, uh, from Dyersburg into, you know, into Nashville, you know, those are four hour drives. Do they have an effect on the games? Do you think? I don't think so. And the reason why is because they're not in school on Friday. They're going to be out. They're going to have a full day of, of just, they make a whole day of it. They go very, very early with a, on charter buses. They go eat lunch or breakfast or whatever they got. They'll have a meal together. They'll find a place to go through a quick walkthrough on the way there. And they're they're ready to go by the time they get to the field. I don't think it's as much of an effect as, as some people think, just because you don't have the distractions of being in school. You, it's a little bit different. You can you're more comfortable on those charter buses too. It's if you're having to take a yellow school bus, it's a big difference. I, I right. see what you're saying there, Chris, and, and I'll I'll agree to an extent. But I'm, I'm going to go back to a coach that I actually talked to again last week in, in Upperman's Adam Kane, and they're going up to Elizabethan, and you're looking at about three and a half, four hour bus ride for them. And uh, I don't know what they settled on doing. I know they were going to look for some charter buses, but he had even talked about the possibility of taking the team up the night before, which of course is Thanksgiving night but just to have them there and have them rested. And he was quite concerned about the, the length of the trip. So I think there's – I know what you're saying, and especially with there not being school on Friday, I think that does benefit the teams traveling a little bit more. But, you know, let, let's all be real. We've all been – we've all traveled. I, I know we're not 18-year-old kids anymore, and it's not as much wear and tear on the old body. But, uh, but riding for a while sort of eh, gives you a little bit of lag there, and I think it does have a little bit of effect. Yeah. I would put stock in that a lot. I mean, yeah, they're stocking that for sure. Uh, but these are 18, 17, 18 year old kids. There, there's energy there. Uh, they get off the bus, they're ready to go. There's probably an abundance of energy that builds up on the bus. I think it benefits the home team more in the first quarter. Now, once that road team settles down a little bit, play ball. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's an interesting discussion for sure. I mean, you, you may get different answers from different coaches too, depending on if they've had to deal with that before and how they handled it and how the kids handled it. I mean, at this point, a better team should win anyway. Yep. 
I agree. So, but yeah, that's a good question, Scott. Because you know, when we get in the playoffs, we get some of these long road trips, and that's why I like to go back and see the travel difference distances and the times because you know it, it's kind of a point to the fact that we have too many classes in this state. And these travel distances would be cut down quite a bit if we were going back to, say, five classes in Division One, as opposed to six. But uh, that's a question for next year because it will be on the table. Um, real quick, uh, one more thing. Anything else that stands out in your mind about these semifinal games before we get out of here? One thing that I noticed in kind of doing some notes today, you got a lot of teams that have been there against a lot of teams that have it. And I'll use a... South Pittsburgh Cloudland as a good reference. South Pittsburgh's won five state championships. Now, it's been since 2010 since they won one, but they've been in 12 title games. You've got Cloudland, who's been in one title game. you got a Peabody team who's a three-time defending state champion. McKenzie, they were a runner-up in 2007. Same thing, you know, goes to Trousdale County and Hampton. Nine state championships for Trousdale County. You know, Hampton's been in the playoffs every year since 2004, but, uh, you know, their deepest run has been to the semis as recently as 2015. One thing that does stand out, will that make a difference this year? And, of course, the faces are different, especially as the years go by. But there's just something about the tradition of a program that seems to carry on. Will that make a difference? I'm kind of interested to see. Yeah, it's a very good point. The, the tradition of a lot of these programs, you talk about the Alcoas, the Maryvilles as well, the Oaklands. I mean, they're building theirs right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. yeah, those are some great points there for sure. All right, that's it for us for this segment. Uh, when we come back, we will pick some winners for these semifinal games and get you ready for Black Friday football. Stay with us on the Mid-State 48, powered by 6.5 Preps. We're back in a moment. And we're not because we're done. <laughs> so. Welcome back to the Mid-State 48. Get us into segment three, and you know what that means. Every time this week, we try to do our best to pick all these winners for the semifinals this time around. It's who you got. Guys, we've got two weeks left, and Tom has a four-game lead on the fans, and it looks like that's a commanding lead now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm one week for for Mr. Duggan last week. So congratulations! Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I always try to figure out on Friday night how I've done, and uh, I, you know, I keep thinking I've done worse than I actually have. But uh, uh, yeah, not bad. I'll I'll take not even one. <laughs> it, it seems to have worked for you this year. You, you've got you've got something going there. So I got to figure that out. Um, <laughs> Scott, you jumped me into third place. I'm not happy about I, that. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that a typo? Um, <laughs> that is a typo. But there's more. We pick every game for the entire season with our area. Oh. <laughs> and seeing as I'm running this thing, I might as well just put the whole season up just to uh, well, how that's going. I knew there had to be a caveat somewhere. A little bit different. Tom's in second place behind me by 11 games, but there is enough time. Uh, but to... we know who's out front where it actually counts, guys. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm there impressed with Drake with those 23 told you so's there. He's, Look at yeah. that. I know. You know. He's willing to go pick some of those games, but I think there's a correlation here. You no, know, he's willing to pick some of these teams that maybe he probably shouldn't. 
And sometimes it works out, but more often than not, it doesn't. And why he's sitting in fourth. 56 games back. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if, if, if he was playing the odds, he may be cleaning up. We don't know. Yeah. For those of you listening through our podcast, we've picked 629 games this year. Wow. Which is a lot. And, you know, trying I, i'm i'm shooting for 80 percent for the season i don't think i'm gonna get there i'm gonna fall a little bit short but uh it's not been it, it's been pretty good for everybody this year so uh, without yeah. further ado let's jump right into the picks and we're going to start in the semifinals with the ones well actually let's go back and, and recap the last round first um a lot of red oh my gosh a lot of red and, and this was carnage and, and poor reggie you know he he missed a lot yeah. His first page, he's 0 for 5, and I, I think it's happened maybe once this year, but eh. uh, I don't we know. on? Let's see. Got, oh, yeah. I hit up Tullahoma over Procone. So, at the first time, he has told us so in, on this show this year. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Better late than never. Uh, yes. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Better late than never. Page two, a lot better. Tom had Henry County over Springfield. Yeah. Everybody else had the Yellow Jackets, and, and everybody got most everything else right, with the exception of Drake and Reggie missing on Middle Tennessee Christian in that Division II semifinal. It kind of looked a little better in the second page, but let's get into the semifinals. And we're picking all 12 of the Division I semifinals this week. The ones not in our area, we'll start with them first. In 1A, South Pittsburgh at Cloudland, we have South Pittsburgh across the board. Uh, I think we're all in agreement there that the Pirates, after beating Gordon's like they did, should go up to Cloudland and and take care of business up there. Uh, Peabody and McKenzie, a little more split. Tom, you and I and Dr- and Reggie have McKenzie, Drake, and Scott are on Peabody this week. Uh, no. Have some yeah. interesting ideas about that particular semifinal. I think the difference in this one's going to be the quarterback for Peabody, Sam Driggers. Uh, I just think that. You got two what what two Mr. Football semifinalists, uh, you know, in this game. Yep. So, uh, you know, I think these are going to be the difference. This is a team that knocked off Westview, this Peabody team. So, uh, that's that's the reason why I'm I'm leaning that way. Speaking of Westview, we are on Westview at Riverside. Uh, you and Drake are on Riverside, and the rest of us have Westview. So. Again, we're kind of split on that in that two A semifinal. Uh, I, I think Ty Simpson shines is, is in this one. I really do. Yeah, um, I agree. I, he, I think he's... that was the difference maker for me there. Yeah, yeah. I, that... I understand that. It, I kind of went back and forth. I just like Riverside's defense. Yeah. Uh, Giles County at Alcoa, the three A semifinal there, and then no question there, we're all taking Alcoa over Giles County. Although I do think Giles County may make this interesting for a while. I'm curious to see how that first half plays out. Can they keep it close and and make Alcoa sweat a little bit? Because if they can, second half all bets are off. But still, I've got Alcoa winning that one. The tornado has been so good this year, other than the loss to Maryville. I don't see them losing this one. Upperman and Elizabethton in 4A. Drake and Reggie are on the Bs for this one, but the rest of us have Elizabethton, the Cyclones, to win that one and get back to the Blue Cross Bowl. Uh, Elizabethan surprised Greenville last week a little bit and knocked them out. So uh, anything in that little Northeast Tennessee triangle with Upper Mendel or Elizabethan, Greenville, Anderson County, it seems like those three teams have been it in 4A for the last few years. 
I am a little surprised though, because Tom Tom has been in Upperman's corner most of the year. Um, well, yeah, and, and I was going to say, guys, I'll tell you, Upperman's playing good football, and it's like uh, other teams keep underestimating them each and every week. Uh, they're two-headed monster running back. Uh, you've got Jackson Rollins. You've got Terrence Dedman. Man, these guys combined for 350 yards on 45 carries against Red Bank last week. What worries me this week for Upperman, quarterback Ty Dutchess is going to be a game-time decision. He suffered a head injury early in the uh, game against Red Bank last week. And uh, as of today, uh, whether or not he plays is still up in the air. That could be a big blow for Upperman in that game. And uh, I'm really surprised, Elizabeth, and I uh, – I thought Greenville was going to cruise into this game, but Elizabeth wasn't having it. And, uh, you know, heart of a champion, guys, you know, when you start looking at uh, uh, teams like Elizabeth and they've won two state championships in a row and we go back to Peabody, they've won the last three. You know, it, it's sometimes hard. It's like the movie monster. You can't always kill them that easy. Uh, just uh, it's going to be a tough game. And I think if Dutch's plays were Upperman, I, I think this will be a ball game. Yep. Yep, and you add Alcoa to that group too, to A3, A4, A, all those smaller classes. It's been the same teams the last few years and not any different in 2021. The other 4A semifinal, Haywood at Tullahoma. Scott's on Haywood. The rest of us have Tullahoma. I like the Tullahoma defense. The way they shut down Pearl Cone last week, uh, that impressed me. I know they've been unbeaten and they've been very good all year, but I needed to see it again for them against Pearl Cone to, to really convince me that they're they're going to get there, and I think they will. And they may and they may very well do it. I, I think that the running attack for Haywood with uh Ja'Kylon Taylor and uh uh you know I think he's you know he he may have a, a big game. I think uh, Mr. Football semifinals Jalen Lewis uh may have a, a, a big game in this one. Uh I'm taking a flyer here just because I felt like it and because I need to get ahead of Chris or stay ahead of Chris, depending on which way you look at it. It is a strategic move, obviously. that That's uh, not surprising there. On to the second page where we finish up our out-of-area games. Pallet Knoxville West, we're a pal across the board. Um, I think Walter Nolan being a big reason why. But on both sides of the ball, too, not just defensively. He scored a touchdown last week out of the, the big man of the backfield formation. And uh, if they're willing to give him carries in the goal line, look out. Yeah, that's why I agree with you. That's why I went that way as well. All right, let's get into our games for this week. Starting in 2A, Trialstow County at Hampton, in Hampton. As you can see on the screen, Trialstow County fans, well, I learned my lesson after last week. So <laughs> I am going with the Yellow Jackets at Hampton. I don't care that it's a 274-mile bus ride. They have figured out a way to get it done on the road, at home, doesn't really matter. I mean, they have benched their one loss to Watertown. This team has a chip on his shoulder. They feel like it's good enough to get to the Blue Cross Bowl, and and for good reason. I mean, Bryson Claiborne had a big night last week, and Blake Satterfield's Chris playing good ball right now. They are, guys, but let me tell you something. I mentioned this last week on the show. Hampton is big. They've got some good size for a 2A squad across the front. Uh, you know, they're 295, 300 across the board. So, Trousdale County is going to have to, some size to contend with. I think in terms of speed and athleticism, Trousdale County has an edge there. But uh, don't sleep on this Hampton team. I think I kind of took them for granted in the early rounds of the playoffs. But uh, the more I've seen of this group, uh, the more I've kind of become a believer, especially with that good size for a 2A team. Yeah, this game was a lot closer a decision for me as well, and for that reason, I think that this team of any of them matches up well with Trousdale County. 
Dyersburg at East Nashville in 3A. Uh, it's East Nashville's first time at this level, and Dyersburg's coming in on a bit of a heater, but the Eagles defensively have been rock solid for the second half of the season. I mean, they gave up a few numbers to some higher classification teams, but as far as their class goes and teams that they know they can beat, they've done the job, and, and this seems like that kind of situation again. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, East Nashville it definitely stands a chance. I'm going with Dyersburg just simply because this is a team that's put up a lot of points. They've beaten Covington twice. Uh, Dontavious Vaughn is a big play back. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they've had five shutouts in 11 games. They've beaten two 5A schools. I think this team is on a mission right now. Um, you know, they do have a long way to travel. We'll see if that affects them. Uh, coming into East Nashville, but I just I think that Dyersburg may just have a little bit more in the tank. Henry County at Page and 5A. Drake, Tom, Scott on Page. I'm with Reggie. I'm taking Henry County. The only reason that I had trouble with this game because Henry County has played so very well in the last six weeks. After that loss to Springfield in the regular season, they regrouped and they're as dangerous as any team in that bracket. I, I, I've warned people about this for a while, that Henry County could really do some damage, and, and they have. And, and Page is the next on the, on the list. Uh, Jake McNamara needs to have a good night and not turn the ball over because this Henry County team will make you pay for it. Yeah, this was a tough one for me too, guys. Is uh, I've been on the Henry County bandwagon just because they have been playing so good of late and their defense has played exceptionally well. They shut out Springfield last week. This was a tough one for me too, Chris. And uh, to me, it came down to sometimes who's the best player on the field. Well, Jake McNamara looks like the best player on the field when you look at the entire matchup. But if that Henry County defense can force some turnovers, guys, uh, it could be a long night for McNamara and company. But still, i got to stick with Paige playing at home. I totally agree. In fact, uh, in full candor, I actually changed my vote at the last minute. I was feeling Henry County. Uh, just simply any team that holds Springfield to 95 total yards and only five first downs in a game is is playing some very, very stout defense. Um, and I also know that Paige has got uh, had some problems hanging on to the ball, and that's that really worried me. But going back to what you said, Tom, you know, Jake McNamara is the X factor here. And I think that he does a he, – he can th he throws the ball to all sides of the field, so you can't just focus on the deep ball. He utilizes the middle as much as any quarterback that I've seen at this level. He's fearless to throw it across, and he can run. He showed that last week. So, yeah, I think uh, McNamara is the X factor in this game. Yep. Oakland at Maryville is next. Four of us are in Oakland. We get to see Reggie's pick right now. It's tough for Reggie to make his pick. On the left, we have the Maryville Rebels, and on the right, we have the Oakland Patriots. We are awaiting his arrival now. What timing. <laughs> He's thinking about it, and he has made his choice. Reggie has chosen the Oakland Patriots. There was no thinking about that on Reggie's part. That was quick. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, 
Uh, I apologize for the high quality uh, graphics there, but my printer went down. <laughs> I got Oakley printed out, and Maryville didn't want to print out, so it, my printer may have known what Reggie was going to do anyway. Now, that could be that could be a bad sign. Um, yeah, Maryville's better than last year. I know they got blown out in the semifinals last year. And they're better than this year. But here, here's the thing: Oakland has played a tougher schedule. Yeah, they've been tested a lot. They've been they passed every test so far, and they want to get over this history of not having won at Maryville, having not won a game on the road in the semifinals in a long time. So, to me, the better team's going to win this. It's it's Oakland. I don't think they blow out Maryville by any means. I mean, we we probably are seeing a very close game in the fourth quarter, but this Oakland team is tested and they're ready. They're ready for this. I 100% agree. I think that this is this is what they built this season for. This is why they scheduled CPA. This is why they brought in Lipscomb Academy midway through the season. Uh, you know, there wasn't any late swoon where they played some weaker opponents and went into the playoffs kind of limping. They geared up for this, and I think that this is the year that uh, you know. I know that the home team has only lost once, and that was like in. 2014 so i think that you know that they're going to do a, a good job they're going to go in there and pull this one out last but not least our spotlight game of the week summit at hendersonville in the other 6a semifinal hendersonville has a job trying to stop the way brothers and brady pierce for that matter and we don't think that's going to happen as far as our picks are concerned reggie now wants hendersonville he, he's taking the commandos to win but as far as we're concerned, we're all in Spartans. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, Chris, you know, when you look at this game, I, you know, I just think that someone has too many weapons, and it seems like the 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 interesting thing about Summit is that they're really utilizing Brady Pierce more, and that and that, you know, that means that's just another weapon that they've always had, but now that's somebody else you have to account for now. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's just so many weapons on that summer side. And while there is speed on Hendersonville, I love Ellis Ellis. I just think that there is speed to burn on the summit defensive side as well. I am issuing a bit of a warning in the first half, though. Watch Hendersonville try to get out fast because teams that have gotten behind summit have stayed behind. If you can get out in front of summit and make them do some things that they haven't necessarily needed to do, it may be a different ball game. So Hendersonville's probably going to want to take the ball first, go pound it down the field and try to score early and get a lead because they can play better against this team with a lead than they can trying to come from behind. I, I think it's more like the Ravenwood game was last week. It's probably close for a while, but Summit has the horses to put it away in the second half, in my opinion. Yeah. That's all for who you got, and we have time real quick for one last word from everybody. Let's go. Who wants the first? Tom, I'm going to give you the honor. All right. Well, uh, just, uh, you know, it being Thanksgiving this week, I just uh, want to say how thankful I am. So many things that we are blessed with and uh, I think we take for granted a lot. And uh, it, it's kind of ironic that Veterans Day comes in the same month as Thanksgiving, as uh, we should be so very thankful for our veterans, not just one day a year, but for each and every day. I'm thankful, of course, to uh, live in the greatest country on earth and uh, thankful to be able to cover sports and especially sport and football that I love so much. And uh, to me, nothing is better than high school football uh, down to its purest form. It's always 
always a lot of fun and just uh, thankful to be part of the show this year, guys. Scott? Uh, definitely. This time last year, uh, I was laid up with COVID. Uh, and then, you know, a few days later, I was in the hospital. Um, you know, so I'm thankful this year that uh, that I'm healthy, I'm, I'm, you know, that I've uh, taken steps to uh, try to protect myself. Um, that I'm thankful for the doctors and the nurses that not just for me, but, but, you know, that have fought the good fight every day. Um, I also want to say I'm thankful for Tom, Olivia, Ryan, Noah, Chris, Kevin, Annette. Uh, please don't let me have left anybody out. Chris, you're good. Um, <laughs> I'm thankful for this team here. Um, you know, they, they do a great job. Uh, you know, they go beyond what is asked of them. And uh, they're great, great people. They're great members of this team. And they're great people to hang around. Uh, and most of all, I'm thankful for uh, for you people out there who are supporting us. Uh, and, and thankful for uh, your encouragement, your support. Uh, the prayers when I was sick and everything else. Uh, thank you guys so much. I'm thankful for all of you because when we started this three years ago under a different name, albeit uh, we weren't sure about how it would go, how it would be received in the community, how it would even run, honestly. And through two and a half years now, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And it's because of those of you who have stopped and said, well, thank you for what you do. You guys do a great job. It's not lost on us. It really isn't. Um, there have been days where I have wanted to shut it down. I've been I've been frustrated about something, whether it be small or large. But I keep going back to those people who are willing to stop and say, hey, we understand. We see what you do. And we thank you for that. You guys do a great job. That That fires me up and gets me going more than anything else. And I'm so thankful for the community that we're starting to build. And I, I say this importantly, starting to build, because this is going to be a long road for us to build what we want to build here. I'm thankful for everybody on this team who has helped out and pitched in their time and has been above and beyond anything that I could have expected when Scott and I started this three years ago. So from the bottom of my heart, thank all of you for watching, for listening, for the comments and stopping us along the way. Please continue to continue to keep doing that because that means a lot to everybody here. And from all of us, I want to say happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays. Enjoy the time off. Enjoy the time with your loved ones. Enjoy the football because semifinal Friday is a special weekend. And from all of us at 615 Preps, for Tom, for Scott, for Olivia, Drake, Kevin, Annette, everybody who has helped us along the way, the freelancers that we've used, thank you. Enjoy the football. We will see you next week from Chattanooga. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.